excellent. I'm ready for the word. And I've been doing this series called Extraordinary, and it feels like an eternity since I preached, because I think it was Father's Day, uh, where I talked about angels, because, you know, fathers are angels, right? Yeah, no one, I've got... Yeah. We need to celebrate the birthday. Oh, we need to celebrate... Whose birthday? Oh, mine! Oh, I thought I was going to get it up. All right, hang on. Let's do this properly. Okay, all right, so... Okay. We have a tradition in our church. Was it Ben's birthday? Oh, really? So you've got to come. I can't do this alone. You've got to come up here too. Come on, Ben. So in our church, we have this tradition. If, you, if you're new, then you're like, what are they doing? Normally, we make people stand up on their chair. Um, oh, like this. The camera still gets us, Ben. So if you... We're about the same height now, aren't we? <laughs> Just about. You've got to get up here. In your orange socks. Can you see that? No, you can't see those. All right, so I heard a lot of feedback last week when I wasn't well that I was feigning it to miss out on standing on a chair. So I rebuke those people in Jesus' name. So if I run out the door now, I get out of this. When it's your birthday, you get to stand on a chair and the church gets to sing. And so. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Birthday Jeremy. Whichever order you do. There's people laughing at home right now. Well done, mate. Oh, can we shake hands? Oh, sanitizer. Sanitizer. Anyway, it's all good. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Flip this back. I actually. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to say, but I will. I had a COVID test because the, the infection, I had a stomach infection. It turned into a bit of a chest infection. So I got a test and I'm clear. No COVID. So I'm allowed to be here just for the camera. Okay, very good. Yes. And I apologise to people watching at home that the stream didn't work last week. It recorded. So make sure you go to our website. You can catch up on last week's message. Um, but it didn't stream for whatever reason. I blame the gremlins. All right, now we're ready for the word. Yeah. All right, I can focus now. Not going to get interrupted. No, okay, good, good. Excellent. Because she's the one that interrupted me. <laughs> I, I should pan the camera around. This is Jacqueline, but I won't do that. I won't do that. Okay. We're ready for the word. So uh, I was speaking last time about angels. So I thought this time... Not that I want to glorify them, because that's why I put Jesus' name really big there. But today's message is called that Jesus is greater than demons. And uh, it's a very real thing, demons. And I'm not glorifying them today, because they're under our feet, they're defeated. But we need to know about them. I don't think we want to stick our head in the sand and pretend that there's no evil in the world, because there certainly is a lot of evil in the world. Uh, And so I want to speak to you today, uh, reading from the book of Mark. Um, If you want to follow along, vineyardcc.org, and you can swipe along, and latest message is there, and you can follow along with the notes, so that's all good uh, if you want to do that today. But I'm reading from chapter chapter Mark, the book of Mark. Yeah, I'm great. All good. Chapter (laughs) chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. So let's read it together. It's on the screen. It's in the notes. It's in your Bibles. Are you ready? Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. All right, so 
they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gerizim. I'm going to call it the region of G. All right. Uh, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. That would have been exciting. The man, uh, this man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. Don't you love that Jesus is totally in control of the situation? So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs, that's a lot of bacon, plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Such a loss of bacon. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered, as it would. 2,000 pigs just went for a fly. <laughs> a crowd... Pigs do fly, as it's in the Bible. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. And they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. (laughs) Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Because they're freaking out. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been uh, demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. So Jesus, before this, had just calmed the storm. And we're very familiar, I'm sure, with that account in the Bible. He calmed the wind, he calmed the waves... And he showed that he is greater than the natural elements. He's in control. Uh, and, and he's now come over to the other side and is immediately faced with this demon-possessed man. So let's just pull this account apart a little bit and be encouraged. Because I don't know what it is that you're facing. We've already prayed today about weights and chains and things. But there are things that hold us back. And today we're going to declare that Jesus is greater than demons. That means he's greater than the thing that you face, the situation that bothers you the most, the thing that's hassled you your whole life. Jesus is greater than that, and he's defeated that. So let's talk about the people involved um, in this account. So there's obviously Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, Jesus had crossed over through a storm. 
He just calmed the wind and the waves and the disciples were in awe, as you would be. Wow. He just got up and said, silence, and the storm stopped. So that's got you in awe. Jesus had shown himself greater than the elements and he was about to show himself with an encounter of spiritual forces. And so Jesus is primed. He's ready. This is the, this is the, this is the time. Then there was this man. And uh, the man, he's unnamed. He, he is unnamed, but he's not unknown. So he's familiar to people. He's not known for who he is, but what has taken him over. I just want to say to people in this place today, listening to this recording at home, many of you are known for what's taken over you, but not for who you are. And who you are is who God says you are. And the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says we are people of worth and value, that he invested into us, we're set apart. We were knitted together in our mother's womb. And even before that, God knew you. And so there is value on your life. You might be sitting in this place today saying, well, Pastor Jeremy, I don't have much value because of what I've been through. Or you're listening online and you're like, but you don't know my story, Pastor Jeremy. Uh, There's no way I could possibly hold any value. You don't know the things I've done. I'm telling you that you are known for what's taken over you and you need to get known for who you really are. And that is that you are a child of the Most High God. And when you surrender your life completely to Jesus... When you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you're changed forever. And it doesn't matter what people think of you. You know what? Those people will still think that of you. But the difference will be is that you will now know who you are. And you are who God says you are. That's important. So this man wasn't known for who he is, but for what had taken him over. So they didn't know his name. They just knew him as the fellow that broke chains and was savage and frothing at the mouth and whatever else was going on. You know, this man, the Bible says, is possessed by an evil spirit, by a demon. And he's living in a dead place among the, among the tombs. and among the, he's, he's living in a dead place, but not, both physi- not just physically, but spiritually. He's in a dead place. He has no hope. He's tormented. But there's about to be a clashing of kingdom. And this is exciting. You know, I reckon the angels in heaven, you know how you have, you've probably watched the big fights and there's that fellow that says, let's get ready to rumble. He does all that. Anyone know that? Yeah. Two of you. Awesome. So I just made a fool of myself. Excellent. <laughs> I reckon there was an angel in heaven and they saw Jesus approaching the demon of this man and someone up there said that. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble because Jesus is about to take apart this demon and sort him out. Anyway. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness are about to clash. All right. Uh, the other element that's involved in this story are demons. They are real. They are fallen angels who have rebelled against God. But Jesus dealt with them. You know, Jesus dealt with them. Uh, you can read numerous accounts. I've chosen a few. They're in the notes, but not on the screen. Um, well, maybe they are on the screen. Look at that. How good am I? Tickets on myself. Mark chapter 1, verse 32. I actually prepared this a while ago. This was meant to happen last Sunday. But anyway, it's happening today. Mark chapter 1, verses 32 to 34 says that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. And so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Jesus is in complete control. They can't do anything unless he allows it. And I love that. 
So Jesus dealt with them. Um, The disciples um, dealt with them. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 17, it says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. How cool is that? Even cooler is this, that we will have to deal with them. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Got that one too. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Any believers here today? Good, good, three of you. Uh, They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. How cool is that? We get to cast out demons in Jesus' name. Why? Because the same power that conquered the grave lives in us. And so, you know, you are the vine, we are the branches. Jesus is the vine. We are connected as branches to the vine. That means every characteristic of the vine becomes who we are. And so we have that authority. So we can say to the demon, you're under my feet, you are defeated, be gone in Jesus' name. You have that authority because Jesus is inside of you. Uh, So that's the people. Let's talk about, for a moment, the problem. Demon possession. That's the problem. So... This is encouraging. Demons have limited supernatural powers. How good is that? I love that picture. That's Jesus with the big Des and Troy. Together they destroy. And demons have got nothing. Spaghetti arms. (laughs) They have limited supernatural power. People in the world glorify demons. They exalt them. They honour the, you know, the whole witchcraft thing and all that. They, they, they lift up this darkness. But they got nothing <laughs> compared to our Jesus. You know, this man cannot restrain himself nor be restrained by others. So you could be uh, mistaken into thinking that, wow, the demons are powerful in him. Look at what he can, look what he's doing. He's breaking chains. He's, oh, those demons. You know, he snapped shackles. He snapped chains. But the demons have supernatural power but it's limited there's limits on it with jesus there's no limits everyone say no limits there's no limits with jesus no limits at all the demons are limited the demons have intelligence they can they can communicate but but they're not omnipresent or omniscient so so i can't have a demon hassling me and and then it's over at someone else's place hassling them and then it's not like god who is everywhere at all times This is what I mean about limited supernatural ability. A demon can be in one place at one time. So no one was strong enough to subdue this guy. So you could be mistaken to glorify the demons and, oh, how powerful and whatever. Uh, Demons are destructive and they try to influence the mind. And that's because they have limited supernatural power. They can literally just deceive you. That's all they, they can trick you. That's all they can do. They can't control you but they trick you into believing something and they control that way. But they trick you into making the choice. You're making the choice, but it's because at times we're influenced by trickery, deception, it's called. So demons are destructive and they try and influence the mind. It's no coincidence that in the 21st century um, that mental health is the biggest attack on humankind, I believe, There are more instances of uh, mental conditions now that you could list off that 20, 30, 40 years ago, you wouldn't even name those things. Like, it wouldn't, it's a a non-issue. Now, some might say, well, they hadn't been discovered yet, whatever. I just think there is an increased attack on the mind 
And I think now, more than ever, it's important to have our minds centred and fixed on Jesus Christ. So they try and influence the mind. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 4 says, Satan, who is the God, little g, just emphasise that. I wish you could make it littler. Anyway, little g, <laughs> who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. This guy, he wandered among burial caves and howled like an animal. He had lost his mind and he was under complete control of the demons. He was cutting himself with sharp stones. You know, demons, demons hate and want to bring pain and misery on people. That's what they want to do. And even the man that they control, they get joy out of him hurting himself. Isn't that random? You'd think if the demon is in him, well, you wouldn't want to hurt you, but the demons don't care about that. They, just, they, they take pleasure and joy in causing people to lose their mind and bring hurt to themselves and others. But here's the good news. Demons are fearful of Jesus. They are fearful of Jesus. Mark chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 says, When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him, with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. You see, the demons, they bowed and they shrieked when they saw Jesus. They're afraid. They know he's the big cheese. <laughs> he's here to sort it out. He's the Son of God. They, they knew who he was. They begged for Jesus not to torture them. Demons actually have um, titles and names. And that's why Jesus um, asks this demon, what's your name? And can I just start by saying I call them all one name, and you should too, defeated. Your name is defeated. Cancer, you're defeated. Sickness, you're defeated. Lack, you're defeated. Stomach infection, you're defeated. Speak to those things in that way, because they are. Jesus at the cross made a way for us to be healed, made a way for us to have relationship with our Heavenly Father. These things cannot dominate us. There is no name greater than any other name than the name of Jesus. So I call them all defeated, and um, you should too. Mark chapter 5, verse 9 says, Then Jesus demanded, What's your name? And he replied, My name is Legion. Probably had some deep whatever voice. My name is Legion. Whatever. Because there are many of us inside this man. Jesus asked, What is your name? A Legion for we are many. So there were many demons inside this man. So he was very tormented. Uh, Jesus called out um, in Mark chapter 9, verse 25, a deaf and dumb spirit, he called it. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He actually named it. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Sometimes we've just got to name things and remind them they're under our feet. Lack, you're under my feet. Sickness, you're under my feet. You're defeated. And God already knows all that. Maybe it does more in us, I don't know. Maybe it does more with our faith when we speak out those things because it reminds us that those things are under our feet and are defeated. Because when you're in the midst of it, oh, it's easy to say you're under my feet. It's hard. 
<laughs> Last weekend when I couldn't get out of bed, it was hard. You know, I'm not lying in my bed. You don't have this picture of Pastor Jeremy as this perfect pastor and he's lying in bed in absolute agony. He's going, well, pain, you're under my feet. No, I'm there just going, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> but we've got to remind ourselves that these things are under our feet. They are defeated. They don't dominate us. It might seem like it in the midst of it. I, I get that. But hold on to your faith and your faith is in Jesus. Amen? So Jesus, uh, let's talk about the power now. We've talked about people. Uh, we've talked about the, the, what was number two? Who's taking notes? Anyone? The problem. <laughs> They're all Ps, so I'm supposed to remember them easily. The people, the problem. Now let's talk about the power. Who loves the power of Jesus? Come on. Jesus is our power. So Jesus drives these demons out. So cool. Mark chapter 5, verse 8. Have I got it? I do. For Jesus has already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Just go back to that picture. How cool is that? It is a lot of bacon. It's, it's a sad day for breakfast lovers everywhere. But anyway, Jesus already commanded them to come out. And Jesus gives them permission to go into the pigs. Jesus is in control because he has the power. The power is in the name of Jesus. Jesus then goes ahead and delivers the man. The spirits are removed. They see him, the Bible says, he is now sitting fully clothed in his right mind, like that. The guy that was the wandering banshee and from the, the catechismal tombs, whatever they are, yeah, that thing, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, is now dressed properly and has a sound mind. He must have had wardrobe nearby. I don't know what it was. But, but the thing is, at the word of Jesus, his life was transformed. Anyone else been through a transformation? Not saying we've all been demon-possessed and had demons cast out into pigs, but we've all had our lives transformed by the power of Jesus. And all it takes is his word. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And at Jesus' word, wow, stuff happens. Jesus' authority is our authority. We've touched on it already, but the same power that is within Jesus is within you and I. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad you're united with Jesus, not with the world? You know, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Romans 8, 37 to 39 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Victory is ours. Some of you need to just declare that over whatever it is that you're facing today. Victory is mine. Because of what Christ has done for me. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's Love, No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It can't separate you. There's no demon with the power to separate you from Jesus. The only thing demons can do is trick you, deceive you, deceive you to believe a certain thing. I believe that's what happens when people fall away from Jesus. They're tormented by whatever it is, and whatever that thing is, it then twists their mind and convinces them that this is all a lie or this is all not true and how could this possibly be. That's what happens in the lives of someone that turns away from God that was once with God. Deception. We're not powerless. We are powerful because we are full of power. Christ Jesus within us. So you need to affirm the power that you have in Christ. And again, this probably does more in you than it does for anyone else. But you need to confess it. You need to speak out. Uh, Luke 9 verse 1. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Uh, Luke 10, 19. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Push. Nothing will injure you. We need to make positive confessions over our lives and remind ourselves that Jesus' power is within us. Therefore, his authority is within us. Let's not be bossed around and bullied by demons that are trying to convince us otherwise. Jesus, by his finished work, has given us power over the enemy. He's under our feet. Do you believe that today? Whatever situation you face, it's under your feet. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy because they come. My two days in bed last weekend, they came. Oh, you're going to have to go to hospital. Oh, you're going to have this. You're going to have that. You've probably got corona. You've probably... <laughs> I don't know, all, all these things come through your mind when you're in full-on pain. And there were attacks. But I'm like, no, nah, if my temperature stays under 39, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm staying in this bed in this pool of sweat. I'll be right. And uh, fortunately it didn't, 38.6, and then down it went. I did not want to go to hospital because it's not a nice place to be at the moment with the heightened coronavirus awareness and and everything. I I would have fronted up here at Stanthorpe Hospital and, you know, God bless them, but they would have said, oh, you've got a fever, get behind us. (laughs) We don't want to touch you. Send me off to Toowoomba. So that's why I thought it's going to be an absolute last resort for me to get to a hospital. But fortunately... We were able to battle through and then get in touch with my doctor after the long weekend and get on the right antibiotics to sort stuff out. But it's so easy when the heat's on to listen to the lies because they're here in your face. It's hard. But like Jesus, and I love how this is worded, we are all called to interfere with demons. I want to mess up their plans, don't you? As a child of God, I want to see people come into the light rather than the darkness. And so I need to mess up the demon's plans. We're all called to bring God's kingdom to earth, right? When God's kingdom manifests, demons will be disturbed because they can't handle the light. Too bright. We all need to be like neon lights flashing. Do you agree? Depends on what neon lights you're just thinking of. You're like, I don't want to be a walking Las Vegas. But (laughs) anyway, we need to be lights. 
the light of Christ within us. I'm not talking new agey weird. Let's be the light and bring love. And I'm, not th- <laughs> I'm talking about being carriers of Christ in your heart and declaring his goodness in every situation you face. Tell people about him. Let's disturb the demons and ruin their plans. Because when God's kingdom manifests, demons are disturbed. Here's the point. Demons actually seek rest. They only rest when they're not challenged. So are you going to just be quiet and let them have their way? Or are we going to start praying up a storm and just disturb, bringing God's kingdom to Stanthorpe, to the granite belt, and just disturb the atmosphere a little bit? Cause a bit of a ruckus. Make a bit of noise. Let's not be that quiet conservative. You know, we are, we are actually a Pentecostal church, in case you didn't realise. Uh, does everyone realise we're a Pentecostal church? That means we believe in praying in the Holy Spirit and stirring ourselves up. And, and, and we're not this conservative, quiet, you know, we'll better be polite and not make too much of a rug. Oh, sorry to upset you there and offend you. No, no, we're meant to be in your face. Come on. Let's make a disturbance. Can we do that? <laughs> Can we do that? They only rest when they're not challenged. We need to be challenging. You know, when the church of Jesus Christ begins to walk in and express their authority, darkness will begin to manifest and be driven out of people and places. When we start to make a bit of disturbance, a bit of a ruckus, create a few waves, stuff's going to happen. But if we stay in our little quiet pocket and, oh no, I couldn't possibly, you know, It's my conviction that there are demon spirits that want to keep control of the granite belt. They're at work. They are here. It's very real. And as we come into an understanding of our role and our responsibility as followers of Jesus, darkness must surrender to light. It must. But are we demanding that of the darkness? Or are we being polite? It's a challenge, isn't it? I think the church, I'm not just talking about our church, the church, it's going to be quiet. We need to make a bit of noise. We need to stand for the, what is right and not be afraid of the whole politically correctness and all that stuff. I know there's a lot of things, there's a lot of persecution, there's a lot of hate, but we've got to stand for truth. And if that means eventually pastors are going to get thrown in jail, I'm not marrying someone of same sex. And I'm sorry if you have that opinion, but... I can't. I have a conviction of what the Bible says about marriage. And I trust you do too. And uh, that's just how it is. That's recorded now on film, so someone's coming after me. (laughs) But I can't not stand firm in what I believe. Am I going to attack those people? Of course not. I have, and this is being recorded, but I have a stepbrother, Justin. He wouldn't watch this, but, uh, but he's gay. And he's married to his male partner. And we, we get along great. We can coexist. I don't have to be putrefied and hate that person just because of their choices. They have to give an account for their choices one day. I love the guy like a brother. He's my stepbrother, but he's still family. And it's all good. And he's all good towards me. He knows I'm a pastor. <coughs> Didn't invite me to his wedding, not out of spite, but out of respect. So there you go. We can coexist People are saying, oh, they can't, you know, tolerate each other. It's not that I'm tolerating. I'm loving the person, but I don't like his choices. And we can do that in a civil way. So when I say make some noise, 
I don't mean get placards and, and, and get in people's faces and tell them they're going to hell and be that kind of person. Just be the love of Jesus in your community. All right. An invitation. We've got a choice to follow Jesus or not. The choice is quite simple. We either follow him or we don't. If we declare with our mouth, and we've said it many times, that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so the choice is before you now. Life or death, blessing or cursing. Which one are we going to choose? I love the word of God because it tells you, choose life. So even if you were wavering, it tells you the right choice to make. And so if you're listening at home or if you're in this place today, would you best bow your heads? We've got the opportunity to say yes to the demon slayer. (laughs) Sounds a bit rough, doesn't it? But, But that's what he is. That's what he is. If you're bound in your life, if you're tormented, if you've got... If you struggle with challenges and you want to be free from that, then you need Jesus Christ. And so right across this place with every head bowed, at home, you have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And when you do, you are released from sin. You're released from the condemnation of that sin. No one can point at you anymore. They probably still will. But what's changed is your heart. You are no longer condemned for the things that you have done. Demons can use people to come against you and, and accuse you and etc. But the difference is when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you are no longer bound by that anymore because you know who you are. God says you are a child of the Most High God. You are redeemed. You have been bought with a price. And that price was Jesus' death on the cross. So if you want to surrender your life to Jesus in this place today, would you just lift up your hand and say, yes, Pastor Jeremy, I need to surrender my life today afresh and ask Jesus to come on in. You might need to do that for the first time. You might need to do that. Uh, You've done it before and it's just today I need to draw a line in the sand. If you're at home, you can click on raise hand on our online stream as well. I'm going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for people surrendering their lives to you at home, online, listening to this later. Father God, loose people from their chains, from the things that hold them back in life. And Lord, as they accept you as their Lord and Saviour, may that new life begin from this moment on. A new life where we are forgiven from our sin, where we are loosed from our past. There's no condemnation. Uh, Lord, and we just can move forward in that newness of life that you give us. We're new creations when we say yes to you. And so I thank you, Father God, for people listening to this right now or in the future, Lord, that they would be loosed from their chains and released into that new life that you offer us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Hey, we have a choice to take authority over the enemy. And I just believe there are people in this place today and it's time to take authority. Whatever situation it is that you're facing, I don't know what it is, but you need to take that authority. You've been reminded today that the authority of Christ is in you and there's a situation that either you're facing or someone in your family or something is going on and in a moment we're going to take authority and we're going to walk in freedom 
and, and be free. And, and, and you might need to do that on behalf of someone today. You can do that. No one's judging right now. But if you want to take authority over a situation, whatever it is that you're facing, would you just stand in your seat where you are right now? Not on your seat. Stand in front of your seat. Yeah, because it's not your birthday. <laughs> it's not surprising to see just about everybody in this place standing because we all need to be reminded of the authority that we have in Christ. And whatever it is you're facing, whether it's lack, whether it's health, whatever it is, it's under your feet. Jesus has gone before you and you have the victory over your situation and your circumstance. So would you just lift up your hearts and lift up your hands to heaven? And I am going to pray God's blessing over you and believe for you to have that renewed authority. We're going to take authority over these things that have really just, I guess, bound up our lives, our families, the people that we're standing in the gap for. So Father God, I just thank you right now. We stand on your word. And your word says that when you died on the cross, you defeated and conquered sin and death. Lord, you made a way for us to have relationship with our God. And Lord, we take authority right now, just as you commanded us to take authority over demons and over, over sickness. Lord, we stand on not our own two feet right now, but on the word of God and on the promises of God. And we pray right now for those promises to come to pass. Lord, for provision. Lord, for financial provision in the midst of pandemic, we pray and believe for increase for businesses. Lord, increase for soul traders, increase in every way, we Father God, in provision of finance. Lord, we believe that we have authority over sickness and we speak to sickness and disease and lack of health right now. We call you out and we say you are defeated in Jesus' name. Health and wholeness is our portion because, God, you died on the cross and your word says, by your stripes, we are healed. And we take authority right now and declare your healing over our bodies, over the ones that we're standing in the gap for. Lord, that there would be a special touch of healing and we take authority over lack, authority over sickness in Jesus' name. And we say, get out of my body. You don't belong here. I'm a child of the Most High God. And so we take that authority today. Lord, for relationships that are broken and, and need restoring, we take authority over hurt, authority over unforgiveness. We call it out and we say, be gone in the name of Jesus. Heal our hearts. Lord, make a way for relationships to be restored, that we would come together in friendship again. Lord, whatever it is where there's brokenness, bring a wholeness, I pray. I speak to minds right now. Father God, we declare today that that's one of the biggest challenges of this day, demonic uh, attacks on the mind. And we speak to minds in this place and, and people that we're standing in the gap for. And we say clarity of thought in Jesus' name. Mind sickness be gone in Jesus' name. Mental health be restored in Jesus' name. We, we speak out against fear and against, uh, against concerns of the mind and, and, and worry and anxiety and all these things that bind us up and we say, be loosed in Jesus' name. We take authority over the mind and we ask Holy Spirit to come and renew our minds, as the Word says, by the washing of the Word. Father God, renew minds in this place today. Lord, we stand in your authority. And we ask you to come and bless every family, every household, every situation. 
In Jesus' name, we take authority over it all. In Jesus' name, and place it under our feet, defeated. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Can we finish with singing? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy. Start to make some noise. Get a bit agitated. Cause some issues for some demons. And have a blessed week in Jesus' name. Let's enjoy some fellowship together.